the jam on my kindergarten bus, you guys. Everyone sang it every time it came on. If you had asked me the day before I saw my first advertisement for Shark Week, like how interested I was in documentaries about sharks, I might have said like a two out of 10. But glued to my TV at age 10 in the sweet boredom of summer, I saw the first commercial and I was all in. I mean, a shark documentary is one thing, but Shark Week? You didn't tell me it was a week. This was in the days of summer TV marathons, before everything was a TV marathon. There's something about a marathon. Like, I wouldn't choose to watch two episodes of Facts of Life back to back, but eight hours of Facts of Life back to back? <laughs> Challenge accepted. There's something about the call to be all in, to go deep, to become a super fan. It feels like an adventure, an invitation to put everything else aside and give yourself to something completely. Alicia is a young man plowing a field with a team of oxen, so you know Rebecca's on board from the beginning. Actually, he has 12 teams of oxen, a marathon of oxen, really, but he's plowing behind one. And while he's in the field, a man comes by and throws his mantle over Alicia and walks on without saying anything. And somehow, Alicia understands what has happened, that this man is Elijah, the most famous prophet in Israel, and that this coat represents a call to become a prophet, to leave his oxen and his family and his home and follow wherever God will lead the two of them. We don't know how long he considers, but it's not long. Elijah hasn't gotten far. Elisha runs to him and says, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, then I'll come with you. And Elijah says this weird kind of passive aggressive thing, go back. What have I done to you? Which is a little bit gaslighty, because he definitely did something, and it was super weird. But whatever he means, Alicia hears it as a challenge. Okay, kiss your dad. Maybe you're not ready for this life anyway. So Alicia doesn't just say goodbye to his parents. He takes the oxen he was plowing with and slaughters them. And then he takes the plow and he busts it up and makes a fire and he cooks the oxen over it and he throws a goodbye party for himself. Alicia doesn't just say goodbye, he destroys his old life. He literally burns his bridges or he literally burns his figurative bridges. He doesn't just say yes to Elijah, he says no to everything else. He's all in, challenge accepted. I love that story. I loved that story, especially as a young adult, like two years ago. <laughs> in this sermon, so like five years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> Before I try to start a church and develop back problems. It's a good story for being young, for the time in your life that's just about like setting off in a direction with everything you have. The time when you make a decision at 18 and you're like, well, I guess this is my life now, mom. 
And then you do that again at 19 and 22 and 26. I think about the lack of thought or research that went into my decision to move from Indiana to New York and study playwriting. Or the lack of thought and research that went into leaving New York three years later for opera school, or dropping out of opera school, or becoming a minister. I've thought longer about what I would order for dinner than I did about where I would go to divinity school. <laughs> my minister said I should go to U Chicago. The rest of my life is history. <laughs> like Alicia, I heard the call and, and headed in that direction. It seemed like the thing to do in the moment, so I did it with all my heart. And, I f and it felt good to engage each new adventure that way, all in, no regrets. Until approximately September 20th, 2011, at 9, 8 central, approximately. That was the premiere of the sitcom New Girl, starring a certain... Jake Johnson. Before 2011, I had seen Jake pop up on an episode of The Unit, and I was like, wow, that's Jake Johnson, cool. And then I saw him in this like little David Mamet movie that no one else saw, and I was like, there he is again, good for him. And then he was on every commercial, billboard, and indie movie trailer for the next two years, and I wanted to destroy him because I went to school with Jake Johnson. I sat beside him in those playwriting classes, which means that if I had only seated myself one place to the right, I would have been Damon Wayans Jr.'s partner in the 2014 buddy comedy, Let's Be Cops. <laughs> and it would have a better than 18% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, you hear that, Jake? Of course, that's not how it works, but in my mind, it is how my mind thought about it on 9-2011, when I was an associate minister at a church in Gainesville, Florida, and not prepping for my role as Jesus Christ in a very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. I had lived with very little regret. Very little second guessing. I slaughtered many oxen without looking back, figuratively. And then I realized I was 30. And I had made a lot of decisions and gone a long way down my path. And there were fewer and fewer chances to turn back. And that's how it goes. There's a moment on like Wednesday of Shark Week where you have to do a gut check. You've put in three eight to 12 hour days of watching shark shows and you have to ask yourself, what else is on? <laughs> Should I take a shower? Is this how I'm spending my one wild and precious life? It seemed like such a good idea on Sunday, and now you're invested in it. What are you going to do? Be the jerk who watched half of Shark Week? <laughs> but also, this might be your last chance to turn off. 
to turn around to do something new and unexpected? Do you cut your losses and go outside, or do you recommit and finish strong? Alicia's gut check moment comes at the Jordan River. It's Elijah's last day on earth, and Alicia knows it. He and his mentor have been together for a while doing this prophecy team thing. But on this last day, their journey turns strange. In each town they visit, the prophets of that town come out and say to Elisha, do you know that the Lord is going to take away your teacher from over you today? And each time Elisha answers, yes, I know, keep silent. Elisha is losing his partner. The work that he's been doing, the rhythm they've established, the life that they've made, it's all going away. And he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to think about it. But it does make him do a gut check. It makes him wonder, what could I have accomplished if I had just kept plowing? What life might I have built? How many oxen would I have by now? He's wondering, is there something better out there? Something more significant, more impactful, more lucrative, more me? Is this my last chance for a different life? The last place to turn around. And then they come to the Jordan River, the last place to turn around. Elisha knows the time to choose is close. Elijah rolls up that mantle and smacks the water and the river parts. They walk across dry land and Elijah turns to Elisha and says, tell me what I may do for you before I'm taken from you. What do you want? A new call? My blessing to leave? An apology for the years we've spent together, a plow and a team of oxen to see your parents, to be 30 again. What will you do? Where will you go? What's next? All month we've been geeking out here, just today. We've had services on musical theater and Harry Potter and sharks and in my weaker moments, I think of my more orthodox colleagues, and I wonder what they think when they see pictures of a communion chalice full of dry ice or a tray of shark-themed snacks. You don't have them tonight. I imagine them laughing at it or about it. I imagine them wondering about the theological value of singing show tunes or taking wizard-themed communion. And in that imagined argument, here's my answer. Learning to love something is a spiritual practice. Learning to love someone is a spiritual discipline. It requires listening and care and vulnerability and time and energy and attention and sacrifice. It asks for your one wild and precious life. It has this shape of adventurous call and anxious gut check. 
there are always other options, other things we could be doing. There are always struggles and challenges. There are always things that would be easier to do than loving something or someone. Anything would be easier to do than loving something or someone. There are so many chances to turn aside, to go back, to give up. So many opportunities for regret, for second guessing, for shame, for fear, for quarter life crisis and midlife crisis and any time of life crisis. So many reasons to flake out, to cut off, to stay in the shallows. But to love something well and truly, to know it, to choose it again and again, that's a spiritual discipline. To put everything else aside and give your life to something completely. To geek out is a spiritual practice. And the God of love wants us to practice. Elisha makes his decision. He weighs the options and he turns to his teacher with his request. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Challenge accepted. He recommits. He blows by his last turnoff, slaughters his final metaphorical ox, forgets about whatever else he might have done. He will follow God all the way down the road, wherever it leads, however difficult it gets. He'll grab some chips, throw the remote across the room, and settle in for four more days of shark documentaries. He will geek out on the God of love. And what Elisha doesn't know, what he can't know, is that it's only after he goes through that crisis and doubles down that his story really begins. There are basically like no stories about him between his call and Elijah's death. He's along for the ride. But after he inherits that double portion, he cleanses the infected waters of Jericho, saving countless lives. He performs a miracle with oil to get a widow out of debt. He resurrects her son. He miraculously feeds a big group of hungry people before it was cool. He also summons two she-bears to devour some kids who are making fun of him, but ignore that. That's what happens when you start going bald. This is the shape of things. There's a call that is exciting and adventurous and beautiful, and there is a moment of crisis, of wondering if we're missing out, and there is a choice to make of whether to turn aside, and what waits for us on the other side of that choice is our lives. Maybe not the lives we thought they would be, maybe not as cool or as high profile as some of the people we've known, fewer sharks, less Zoe Deschanel, but our lives, the lives we were made for. I believe God calls us to a life of love, all of us. She strolls by while we're in the middle of something else and throws a cape over our shoulders, and we have a choice to make. What will we say yes to? What will we leave behind? What will we sacrifice? And it's an adventure, and it's exciting, and it's beautiful, and it's hard, and it's exhausting, and there are lots of other options, attractive options. And also there is God with us asking, what do you need? What will you do? And 
It may be silly to talk sharks or wizards or phasers or lightsabers or TARDISes or Andrew Lloyd Webber or raccoons in church, a whole service about them. But the point is to remember we've been in this moment before, the moment of choosing, the moment of falling hard, the moment you find something you love so much you can hardly stand it, the moment of going deep and loving without reason or reservation, and we've been faced with the choice to turn aside, to give up, to flip the channel, to be a casual fan, and instead we've gone deep. We've taken a double portion, we've bought the box set, we sat in a sweaty ass church gym for this thing. We've clicked on the next episode and thought, I guess I'm not sleeping tonight. We've committed. We've shown up for the things we love again and again and again. We've practiced for the moment when someone needs loved with everything we have, heart and mind and strength and soul. And it isn't easy because it never is. And there's something else we could be doing because there always is. But we are there and we know how to do it so we can answer challenge accepted. Before we go into throwback shark communion,